The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com and download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Gets a knuckle on it. Fred with a partial clearance. Back by Janelt. And lifted over by Norgard. We've already talked about Brentford from set pieces and how they cause you problems. Fernandez with the set piece. Still yet to score. And Obomo can break. And Janelt is with him. Jensen is forward and Tony's beyond him. It's Ivan Tony. It's Matthias Jensen. De Gea saves. Here's Tony. Wow. How on earth can Man United have a corner and find themselves 2v1 at the back? They work it really nicely. And again, David De Gea makes another big save with his feet. Fred. Elanga. Standing 54 pretty grey minutes for Manchester United. They strike first. Tomine, Ronaldo, chested off into the path of Bruno Fernandes, who is on his way here for Manchester United. And Mason Greenwood does the easy bit. And Manchester United have comfort. That was a smooth execution. A smart snaffle of possession at the expense of Ethan Pinnock. Bruno Fernandes found additional pace. He found Mason Greenwood and Manchester United are two to the good. Seems to reset. Stolen back by the determined McTominay who nicked it on for Fernandes and now here is Marcus Rashford to lash it into the roof and secure the points for Manchester United. Boy, he has thirsted for that. And Scott McTominay does brilliantly again, didn't he? In the build-up, won the ball back in midfield, driving through that Brentford midfield. And Marcus Rashford lashes it home to, I'm sure, secure the three points. 
Sorensen hurls it in. Pinnock! It's scrambled in and Brentford, late in the day, have a marginal interest. Ivan Tony has a much craved goal. And this bouncy little stadium has a moment to remember from the evening. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Follow the Twitter account for Bet MUFC as well. That's at Bet MUFC, at Bet MUFC. To get all of my additional content, of course, you know it's over at lockbetting.com. Service that has delivered 103 months in a row of transparent track profit, and we are well on the way to 104, partly down to what we have done in the NFL, where we have delivered our clients 16 winning weeks out of 19 so far, including going 4-1 and one ATS in the playoffs last weekend. We're also adding our futures to the month of January because that's when they concluded. And we have a plethora of big winners that have almost guaranteed us 104 months in a row of transparent track profit along what we've done in the NBA and the soccer. So if you want to be a part of that, get the NFL picks this weekend, get our soccer picks and of course get our picks for this weekend's UFC card. Head over to lockbetting.com. The UFC card will be covered here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can find the fight show on the Sports Club. Sports Gambling Podcast Network covering this weekend's UFC card. Of course, when I talk about 103 months of transparent track profit, it's transparent and track because there's a spreadsheet posted for every month. I use a Patreon site for lock betting, which means that everybody can comment on the post. Therefore, if I tried to miss a play or there were plays added that I didn't really post, my clients would pick up on it immediately. So there's no place to run, no place to hide. This 103 months in a row is legit. If you want to see a spreadsheet, go to the lockbetting.com site. If you're lazy and if you just want to see one spreadsheet, go to the pinned tweet. Once again, that Twitter account to look at that is at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. The pin tweet will immediately take you to the PL for December. Make sure you click it, make sure you have a look because not only does it give you the spreadsheet so you can have a look at how everything works and what size units that we're doing for our plays, but it'll also give you a rundown of what we did in 2021, one of our best years ever. That PL that you're looking at for the month of December is a monster with just under 42 units delivered. That was good for under five and a half thousand dollars. Now we don't guarantee that every month, but we do guarantee a profit every month or you get your money back however we've never refunded anybody in our 103 months of existence that's because i'm undefeated every single month for the last eight and a half years so you can be a part of that at lockbetting.com once again that's lockbetting.com Moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, if you heard at the top of the show, we reviewed the performance against Brentford as Manchester United came away as 3-0 winners. According to Thomas Frank of Brentford, that scoreline was very, very misleading. We don't usually play um, audio from other managers, but here's what he had to say and uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. What happened in the second? Unbelievable proud of my team. I think we are the smallest club in Premier League. Manchester United probably the biggest. I think the way we played first half, I think we destroyed them. We should have been up at least 2-0. Um, they didn't have a sniff and nothing. We created five, six chances and three huge chances. Um, so, of course, we need to take it. That can only be, from, uh, from my point of view, I know in the end that you need to score on your chances. There can only be one win of this game. A maximum a draw that is served uh, Man United. I think they're unbelievable lucky. Um, and, of course, you need to take your chances, and I know all that crap. Uh, but but um, the performance, I'm proud of that. We are leading 2-0. They changed their system uh, against Little Brentford. I'm so, so proud of my team. Yeah, I think David De Gea was the one who was keeping you at bay, wasn't he? He was a fantastic first half, saved so many chances. 
it wasn't that you were missing anything. It wasn't that you were lacking composure in front of goal. He just had one of those nights. Yeah, one of those nights. He's football. De uh, Gea, or fair play to him. Very good performance, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like to see again uh, uh, my philosophy is we get those chances again I'm pretty sure one of them will go in back on it yeah, but the numbers say you were working much harder than Manchester United in the first half yeah, yeah 100% I think the, our intensity killed them we talked about that before the game we knew that we can play with high intensity we showed that the first half we pressed them uh, when we had really we defended low uh, we won the second balls we played behind them we run behind them uh, I think we, we played the, the Brentford way first half yeah and the second half though I mean, the game opened no, yeah, up. But the game opened up and, you know, they, they, they hadn't had a chance uh, before their goal. And, of course, I know that's, the, that's, that's why they pay uh, $72 million for Sancho that was not even uh, including the team. Uh, and that's why the, the, that little glimpse of uh, brilliance created the, the, the first goal. Uh, so the, of, the, of, the, of the three goals, the second one is the one most disappointed with because we need to avoid that. that that's where it's very difficult for us to come back in the game. So there are positives in this, and you can learn from it, obviously. I, I think that I, I, a huge positive. I think the way we smashed them first half, I think, is, is fantastic. Um, so very pleased and proud of my team. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Brilliant. I couldn't love that more if I tried. Brilliant. Yeah, so very strange interview. The pundits were playing it up, saying, oh, we love that. We love the way he talks, how he's open and honest. We go back to the studio. First thing they say is, couldn't love that more if we tried. For me, this was a pretty appalling interview. Now, I'm not delving into the side of snowflakery because I do like it when players come out and say things when they're honest. And I do like it when managers come out and say things that are honest. But this was... This was manipulated a situation. This was either a way for him to go out and say things publicly so his players would have confidence for the weekend or the manager is a delusional idiot. He's literally out there complaining that we have a better squad and they have a smaller squad. Well, you manage Brentford and Ralph Ragnick manages Manchester United. That that We knew that situation coming in. That doesn't put you in, in any kind of handicap. That is a situation. There are teams with more money, and there are teams with, with less money. There are teams with better players, and there are teams with poorer players. There are teams with better resources, and there are teams with worse resources. And you've ma- and you've chosen to go and manage Brentford, and you've done well to get them into the Premier League. There's no point complaining about it at this point in time. There's no point digging out Sancho, who is away for, for being at a funeral. I mean, his form's been poor, but he didn't make the bench because he was at a funeral. So that was the situation behind him. Why would you take a dig at Sancho and his price tag? He had absolutely nothing to do with his game. And as for smashing us, I've not heard this, this lingo used before. Obviously, it would be something that managers say and players say behind the scenes. We've never really heard we smashed them come out as far as the, the public goes onto, onto TV. But in order to smash us, like you would need to be making the hair work unbelievably hard and, and hitting the crossbar and maybe having stuff chalked off by VAR. There was none of that. You created two half chances, which the hair saved with his legs. Now, could you have done more with those chances? Could you have made it, made, made them count a little bit more, made the hair work a little bit harder? Yeah, possibly, but they weren't from, you know, two, three yards out. Ivan Tony's was a pretty bad miss, especially because it is Ivan Tony. But you can't claim about the complain about the quality of your players not being able to finish because you don't have players like Robert Lewandowski in your team. He he probably would have taken two of those three chances, maybe, maybe definitely one. 
But he wouldn't have taken three. He should have been three nil up or two nil up. These are half chances, and I expected my goalkeeper to save all of those. And they were comfortably saved with his legs. I would have saved every single one of those. And Ivan Tony's was a bad miss because he didn't make a good contact with it. And from that position, he should score. And he shouldn't be heading it towards uh, David De Gea's legs. He should be putting it in one of the corners. That was that was a bad miss, and probably Brentford should have been one nil up. But you can't complain that your players missed the chances. And De Gea didn't have particularly difficult saves to make. I know the pundits said, where would United be without De Gea? But in this instance, they weren't really, um, really incredible saves he had to make. They're all by his feet. They're all either one or two feet either side of him. And I expect him to make the saves. So you can't complain that your Brentford team didn't have the quality. If you turn around and said, we're taking the chances if we'd had a top quality striker in our side. And, and that's what I think, I think Tony's on his way to being at, which is why I highlight his misses the worst, even though it may not look any worse than the, than the other two. But there's no case for Brentford to be two or three nil up. And this is the Premier League. If you don't check your chances, you lose. Man United woke up, played better in, in the second half. I don't think this was Man U's worst performance of the season or even our worst half of the season just because we gave up some chances. It was clear that we had somewhat gone back to our previous tactics of sitting back a little bit because if we were trying to play the press and we were trying to play a new style of football and this is what we've been working on that would be more concerning that would be more concerning with this and last game against Villa as well looks a little bit more like let's concede some of the ball let's selectively press let's try and soak up pressure and hit teams on the break because that's what happened there with that second and and maybe even in some cases the first goal the first goal doesn't look so much like a counter-attacking goal it looks like a, a a good ball but again that's that's a player feeding us in from the quarterback position after we've soaked up some pressure that surprisingly that was Fred who receives a lot of criticism playing in a great ball to Alanga the second goal looked very much like a goal that we've been scoring in previous seasons as did the third with us hitting them on the break and Rashford scoring and us hitting them on the break and Bruno breaking through and setting up uh, setting it up on a plate for Greenwood so I'm happy with the way that we're going, and I haven't said that often this season. We need to make good on that. We need to build on that and get this home win against West Ham because this is crucial for Champions League qualification. It's almost a Champions League six-pointer this weekend when we take on West Ham. We'll cover that one in a minute, but let's listen to what Ralph, Rick, Ralph Ragnick had to say about the Brentford game first. Thanks, Ralph, we saw a very different Manchester United side in the second half, much more urgent, turbos on. I mean, was there a strong conversation at halftime? I wouldn't say a strong conversation, but obviously we had to change a few things and uh, the first half we were not good in almost all aspects of the game. Sloppy passing, uh, not uh, strong enough in the 50-50 situations. Uh, we gave away uh, almost every second ball. Um, and in the second half we were more urgent we were attacking them higher up on the pitch we were taking the right decisions when we were on the counter-attack counter and we scored and this was the big difference that first goal gave everybody a, little, a boost of confidence Anthony Alanga you've been finding ways to get him into the side he delivered tonight didn't he yes I mean he followed up on the performance that he showed at Villa Park uh, even there I think he was he was really good Today he was, I would say, almost outstanding in the second half. Uh, a lot of work against the ball um, and uh, scoring the important first goal. And then United looked like the ruthless side that we expect. So Mason Greenwood's goal, Marcus Rashford, gives everybody a lift in the squad as well. 
Yes, I mean, I'm happy for, for our young players. Uh, we have three, had three English uh, young goal scorers today, but uh, I also must say that we're all well prepared. Uh, the last two by... by, uh, by um, um, come on, let's do it again, sorry. No, we're live, Ralph. You, you, there's no second chance. We're live. I know what you're trying to say. The, the young yeah, by Bruno, delivered. it was well prepared by Bruno. It was yes. a brilliant, brilliant setup by Bruno. So uh, that was uh, perfectly set up by Bruno. Yeah, and, and David De Gea in that first half as well. He kept you in it, really, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yes, I mean he's been doing that for the last couple of weeks. Uh, brilliant saves in the first half. Uh, uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now, I would say. And speaking of one of the best players in the world Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't too happy to come off at that, but you had a little chat with him didn't you yes okay it's normal I mean uh, as a striker he wants to score goals he came back from a little injury so for me it's uh, it was uh, also important to bear in mind that we have another game in three days time um, on the other hand we were 2-0 up the same result that we had at Villa Park uh, uh, and I decided to to just make sure that we defend that lead this time and uh, I think it was the right decision to to to, to switch to a back five we scored the third goal and uh, and then in the end of, uh, we would have kept wanted to keep a clean sheet unfortunately we didn't manage to keep the clean sheet but at least uh, we made sure that nothing happened anymore thank you Ralph. pleasure Thanks. thank you so you heard ronaldo mention there at the end he had a strop about coming off this stole most of the headlines and this was the biggest talking point ronaldo's reaction coming off with 20 minutes to go he was substituted for I think Rashford, he was, he was substituted for Maguire officially, but obviously the thinking was to put Rashford up top for Ronaldo and um, obviously to tighten up because they didn't tighten up against Aston Villa. Everything here made common sense. Bring on the fresher player, take off the player that's injured and tighten up your back line with an extra defender. All the subs made sense. It was perfectly done by, by Ragnick. Ronaldo's reaction was petulant. He, he originally had a shitty face on... And then he couldn't get a jacket on, couldn't couldn't work out how to get a jacket on and then threw it down to the floor. And that really brought attention to it. And then later on, we saw Ragnick explaining to him why he'd brought him off. And then Ragnick addressed the situation afterwards, as he did there. Well, he further elaborated this, elaborated on this in the week, causing further controversy. Have a listen to what he said in the week, because it wasn't as tactile as it was in that previous interview. He was asking me, why me? Why do you take me off? And I said to him, listen, uh, um, I have to take the, the decision in the interest of the, of, the, of the team and the club. And I think it was the right decision. That Cristiano was not happy. I mean, he's a goal scorer. He would have wished to stay on and maybe score a goal himself. The most important thing is that we win games. Uh, and and this, is, this is first. So Ronaldo was substituted after 71 minutes. That's the earliest he's been taken off since Rannick's appointment. The United boss has explained what he said to Ronaldo after he replaced him. When we had scored the third goal, I said exactly that to him. I said to look, Cristiano, I understand that you're still ambitious and you want to score yourself. But maybe in a couple of years when you're a head coach yourself, you will hopefully take the same decision and be in the same role that I was uh, today after 75 minutes. That's the biggest interview because it's with Sky. He'd done other private interviews. He even gone on to say that his substitution was was vindicated because he needed fresher young legs out there and one of the young players went on to score. So all in all, this is in some way throwing Ronaldo under the bus. Now, once again, I'm not out here to 
side with snowflakery. I like it when players and managers come out and they're honest and and even sometimes where they throw players under the bus to get a performance. It doesn't really work with these players though. We saw that Jose Mourinho did it multiple times and he never got anything out of anybody by doing that, particularly his battle with Luke Shaw. And this isn't a player that you really want to go to battle with because if Ronaldo is stroppy and angry and it shows on the pitch and he's taking his frustration out on other players, then I'm not sure that's the best version of Ronaldo. I don't know. Ronaldo is one of the greatest of all time. And we often talk about um, players in sport performing when they're pissed off. Uh, We talk about revenge spots in the NFL. We talk about Novak Djokovic and had he been able to play the Australian Open, how he would have been in the mood to beat the fuck out of everybody after what had happened to him. And hopefully you get this reaction from Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if Ralph Ragnick wants to go into the media and battle with him. I think his comments before were fine, but in the week, that's kind of calling Ronaldo out. That's leaving him out to dry that's making him look even more petulant than he already looked. He tried to water things down by explaining, oh, look, this is a goal scorer. It's understandable he wants to play, but, but you know, he, he he hasn't played for a couple of games. So I was protecting him and I was saving him for the weekend. Or he could have gone that route and said, I'm saving him for the weekend. So we were 2 nil up. We needed to tighten up and he's so important. He needs to play again at the weekend. You could have built him up in, instead of bringing him down. So I'm not 100% on board with this. But at the same time, I'm not one of these people that are going to have a go at managers for calling out players who are acting in a, in a petulant manner. So I can't play both sides of the fence. So... In this battle, I am on Ragnik's side, but I'm just not sure that it's going to have a 100% positive effect when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo. Moving on to this weekend's game, we're up against West Ham. They currently occupy the final spot in the top four, which is where Manchester United are looking to finish. We are the even money favourites to get this win at Old Trafford tomorrow. It's 11-4 on the draw and it's 13-5 here on West Ham. We've been doing very, very well with our picks recently here on BetMUFC. We're coming off a sweep in the last game and a sweep in the Aston Villa game as well with two selections. And one of the selections we always go with and always seem to be hitting is both teams to score. That was almost a given in the Man United games. I was regretful that I didn't play it officially for my clients. I ended up just taking Man United on the money line in the last game. But as I as I said to them when Ivan Tony scored... It's almost like death in taxes at the moment. Manchester United will concede. And I think that's the main play I'm going to go with here again. I do think Man United will turn up here. I do feel that we're on a positive run and we could get a run going that takes us to the Champions League. Underneath Ragnick, or rather since Solskjaer left, we have only lost one game. So there is one positive from it. But that performance against Wolves was particularly concerning, as have been some of the performances where we've even won Uh, like the game against Norwich. And it's odd because we won against Norwich, but the Villa performance where we didn't win was a lot better other than the last 15 minutes. And as I said, I don't think the Brentford performance was horrific. You expect this from clubs that have just come up when you go to little grounds. They're going to start fast. They're going to have some intensity. They are going to create some chances, but they were that. They were chances. They were half chances. There wasn't a case of Man United being smashed. And our quality showed in the second half where we played our counter-attacking game and won. I don't think we're going to do that against West Ham. I think West Ham are going to be the team that try and counter
counter-attack us. So this is going to be one of those instances where we have to come to Old Trafford and we have to break a team down. And last time we were tasked with doing that, we were up against Aston Villa and they dominated us. And prior to that, we lost to Wolves. So we have to do better at Old Trafford here. And uh, therefore, looking at how we started this year, I think it's difficult to take us here on the money line, even though I expect to win. So both teams to score will be my selection. Both teams have scored in four of Man United's last six games. There have been goals at both ends in five of West Ham's last seven, and they are the team that have scored in all of those. Manchester United have won their last three Premier League meetings between the two sides, including 2-1 earlier on in the season. So that bodes well. One of the key dangers to look out for is Jared Bowen at the moment. He's almost an automatic pick. For your fantasy teams at the moment, Jared Bowen has scored four goals in his last three appearances. So we'll have to look out for him. United have won three of the last four in the Premier League coming into this and both teams have scored in five of the last seven Premier League meetings between the two sides as well. So that will be my selection. But I think this United team should get it done. I'm expecting to start with uh, Dallow. Uh, we know Maguire's coming back in as captain tomorrow to partner Varane. I think Tellers keeps his spot. I think McFred stay in the midfield with Bruno just out in front of them. And then up front, I think you stick with Alanga, Greenwood and Ronaldo, the, the front three that I predicted last time out. So hopefully we can get ourselves another three points. I'm very, very worried at the moment about Tottenham a little bit more than Arsenal. They seem to have momentum. That win against Leicester was ridiculous. And I think the game between Manchester United and Tottenham later on in the season will be big. And we have to keep up with Spurs here if we want to remain in the top four. I think Antonio Conte is a very dangerous appointment for us. Possibly the manager we should have got ourselves. And that could end up costing us a Champions League spot later on in the season. But hopefully I'm very, very wrong about that. That concludes this edition of Better MUFC. Don't forget to check out all of my other shows, including an edition of The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And... Thanks for listening.